you know he was just giving her weapons for Christmas and yeah, then Haley yeah, yeah, would yeah. be like Haley would be like what the fuck she's dude? seven what are you doing hello and welcome back to the Jose show where we take an in-depth look at legacies in the Vampire Diaries universe a part commentary part conversation and almost always an hour let's take a look at how legacies fucked up this time hi I'm Rihanna I'm Brie and we're back to talk about the premiere of Legacies. You have to choose one this time. We're unfortunately not joined by Victoria this episode. She's unfortunately, capitalism is crushing her. So she has a lot of work to do. But yeah, we hope to hear her thoughts very soon. And we will be sharing her thoughts on The Hosey Show. So be, be sure to be on the lookout for that because we also want to hear her thoughts. And I'm sure as, as much as everyone here listening also does about everything in this episode. Yeah. So this episode... That was quite the something. <laughs> after a it was huge, quite the something. <laughs> it was quite the something. It was like, you know, after several months of this break and we're finally back to what should have been, you know, concluding the end of season three. Now we're like diving right into the the mix of things. We have Mal Landon. We have Landon is possessed. We don't know where Landon is. And, and we see up until like, I don't know, like 25 minutes, we see he's like actually there. And uh, there were other questions that were kind of, like, left, like, what are Melover's motives? Where's Cleo? Like, is is she going to be contacting everyone? So we finally had some questions answered. So, yeah. What, do you, what are your thoughts? Well, as somebody who just watched the episode for the first time two hours ago, because um, I refuse to watch stuff live now, I need to be able <laughs> to fast forward. That is my thing. I need to be able to get to the point I can no longer sit through stuff that I don't like I'm sorry <laughs> I just don't have the emotional capacity for it anymore <laughs> but um I just I, I thought it was a pretty well done premiere I thought it was better than like the last overlap premiere that we had with um season three and like oh, yeah. how that premiere was the the green knight and the lady of the lake and all that stuff like i remember watching that premiere and being like this is so lackluster what the hell um yeah this one definitely felt more stakes and also the acting was like really up there with um malivore landon danielle aria uh those were really good scenes honestly watching them it made me feel like we needed to have mal landon happen sooner because why haven't they like they've been wasting aria's talent on having all of these like redundant landons <laughs> and right, I, to see I malivore like okay we still don't know his mission we don't know his like plan or whatever and we're gonna like get there i guess and looking into the next episode but i i just didn't get anything from when malivore was like literally had no voice box and now we have aria delivering these i'm like interested you know i'm right i'm, I'm interested in it's like it's very it's very it's very, like, he's traumatizing these students, and he's, like, having fun with it. He's just very, as he's, as Hope puts it, a sadistic boyfriend. Like, he is crazy, like, this guy. <laughs> and I'm I'm really interested to see how that changes, because also, like, I feel like at some point they're going to incapacitate him, and we're going to be done and over with, but, like, how long Arya gets to play that I I hope it's I hope it's good I hope it's good I I 
for this episode, like, in a way, it didn't feel like a premiere still. Like, it definitely just gave me, like, yeah, I could tell this was supposed to be an episode that was supposed to be in the middle of a season. That's all I'm saying. Um, but it was still a decent episode. It definitely kept me interested. It kept me trying to figure out, like, what the heck was going on. Um, I, I feel like Arya truly shines, like, finally. Because... You can tell that he just loves being a bad guy. Oh, yeah. <laughs> he, he revels in that shit. <laughs> it's Because it's, it's like Malivore in no way is physically menacing. And he doesn't even have like a voice that's menacing. Yeah. I don't know how to yeah. explain it. It's yeah. like, because you know, like, it's like, it's like Klaus and Catherine, like they would say stuff that would scare you. <laughs> you know, yeah, they, they yeah. had a tone of voice. But it's like Arya just finds a way to sort of just like tilt the head a little bit yeah more. now or, i'm getting this vibe that malvor is in like i didn't get like what is his thing you know like how does he torture people how does he like fuck right. with people with klaus it was obviously very much like okay just gonna string you up there and we're gonna bleed you out that's great yeah you know? and and catherine had plans and backup plans and yep, she had yep. minions and and, and people oh, that right. she would compel that you weren't even right. thinking about catherine had so many people working for her you'd be like Oh, a whole town. Okay. With Malvor, I'm finally realizing that how Arya's playing it, like, we're really seeing how Malvor is a sadistic antagonist that likes to fuck with your mind. He's a mind game guy. And that, like, we've, we've been waiting for this. And it's like, I don't understand we didn't see that sooner with Hope and Malivor in season two. It was just like this empty void that Hope was presumably wandering around endlessly, literally talking to only Clark. And I'm like, that was such a waste because we actually didn't see any torture. We didn't see, it's like they finally made up their mind what Malivor is going to be like when it comes to torturing individuals. I mean, right. maybe he couldn't possibly, like, I don't know. It's it's like, he never visited Hope in season two? Okay. Yeah, it's 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 so weird to me because it's, you can tell that they're trying to figure out what Malibor's powers are as they go along. Also, like, he so didn't, bl- he wasn't sick with Hope inside. It's like weird. It's like that they, they made it sound like she gave him a bad stomach ache or something. <laughs> and no, she literally. physically got she got rid of the pit. Like she was able to do that much. She just wasn't able to get rid of the dimension that was Malibor. Like physically he was gone. But like that that dimension where all the monsters are kept, that that still existed because she wasn't able to fully defeat him. And so you knew that he was trying to get her ass out of him. Like he was always trying to yank her out because she was hurting him. But I don't understand if they just didn't think, cause like at first they made it sound like Malivore, all he ever did was leave people alone in darkness. That's what yeah. Sayla said. That's what Clark said. Yep. And that's what Hope went through. But now it's like they decided to sort of make it so like, oh, he can affect the minds of people who are, like stuck in that dimension that is Malivore now yeah and I'm like okay I just wish that was a I wish that was a power they had realized sooner you know yeah I, w- I, I wish it was something because it, it really is a like a cool way to fuck with prisoners I guess you would say like these are supposed to be prisoners inside of him so what a great way to torture people than with the memories that of happiness and stuff that they long for but realize that they're still in endless darkness 
Yeah, and fucking with people's overlapping memories with a lark. Caleb's, I did not expect their memories to mesh. I did expect, like, oh, you know, as soon as we saw this different high school setting, I was like, oh, Caleb's origin story. How is this going to go? Is this going to be, like... Caleb seeing some like I don't I don't know I didn't know how it was gonna go but then we we saw how a lark viewed it versus Caleb's and that like really broke Caleb in that moment he held off what like 18 minutes that was really he says 17 17 minutes, yeah. okay I was a minute off <laughs> and <laughs> sorry <laughs> oh okay Brie <laughs> sorry I mean you gotta get the facts right oh you got, you okay gotta... <laughs> okay <laughs> and I I really enjoyed it because you know Malivore was like so he was such a sadistic asshole and when when He's it came with hope and, and mg I, I literally liked it. it when hope and mg had their overlapping memory i also really liked it like they like they were trying to do the back door um like plan b you know like oh so he's busy in his conscious hope and mg go to his unconscious okay sounds like it works of course there's mm-hmm. going to be like not, something's not going to go their way. And what happened is that they're pushed to Malivore's, like, me, like capacities. But it seems like Malivore can only be in one place at one time, which is interesting to know. Maybe they might take advantage of that, where they have, like, four different groups fighting off at the same time. Um, I right. could see that happening, actually. Like, they're, like, they pair off and they, like, each fight. And he has to, like, battle to go in between each one. It's almost like the Nightmare episode of season one where it was mm-hmm. four individuals or three. I don't know. It was Caleb, Roth, MG, and they were, like, thrown in. And Landon, right, four. And they had to... They each had a chance to fuck with. Like, they each had a chance to stop him or, like, distract him. So I could see right. that actually being, like, a plot device. Oh, now we know. Like, he's only distracted this time. And when MG and Hope overlapped, I really en- enjoyed, like, Arya's acting there. He was, like, 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 they just really nailed it. I was, like, oh, as soon as they were all back in their costumes, I was, like, oh. Oh, this is the night that he died. This is the one that hit Hope the hardest. And, mm-hmm. um... How sad. Roth wasn't there. I'm gonna cry. Anyways. I thought, I thought it was great, because, like, I remember when she first comes in to torture him with her collection of knives, oh. like Hope Honey, who gave that to you, first of all? <laughs> it was I, a gift from just, Cole, 100%. I knew it was Cole! I was gonna say! <laughs> Cole, Cole, I'm sorry. Like, actor aside, Cole is my favorite Michelson. I love Cole and Davina. I love Cole's relationship with Hope. I love the fact that he's supposed to be the youngest, mm-hmm. so he's like the cool, hip uncle. Mm-hmm. Relax, and you just know darling. he was giving her... <laughs> just you know he was just giving her weapons for christmas and yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Be like Haley would be like, like what the fuck she's dude? seven what are you doing like, <laughs> she can't have that right now and then cole and like, would be like oh okay so 18th birthday and she's like no <laughs> she's not gonna grow up to be a mass murderer <laughs> you know you know you, i don't know if you know that scene from brooklyn 99 where rose is like what kind of girl doesn't have an axe <laughs> That's I so feel funny. like I feel like that's Cole. Cole would be like, she'd be like, "Why are you giving my daughter a collection of of crowbars for her twelfth birthday?" And Cole would be like, well, "Who's she gonna beat up with? What she need? She needs to beat up people with something." Haley, what are you talking about? Like, or like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's that's brilliant, honestly. I, 
I just want him to be the sadistic uncle who totally encourages Hope to go batshit crazy at all times. <laughs> and then so everyone's like, just, what are you doing? Okay. But I really enjoyed that. Maybe even have, like, Hope talk about that. Like, she's just casually bringing it up. Like, oh, yeah, I, I got it from Cole. And everyone's like, yeah, she actually like, yeah, she, she's like, he what? used this knife to, she was like, yeah, my Uncle Cole used this knife to murder the Prince of France in the 18th <laughs> <laughs> So, you know, just like, she like she she looks at it longingly and people are like, are you She's like okay? polishing it. She's like polishing yeah, it with like yeah, a little she, like pocket handkerchief. And seriously. Lizzie, like I could see Lizzie being like, oh my God. And people like Emma needs to spend more time on you. Like there's some, like she would like, do some quip something like that. And I, I really, I really want a lark would be like we're working on it <laughs> or something. I, I, I want Hope to have a favorite though. Like she names it and everything. Shut and up! She, brings... she has her. I okay. People <laughs> name their cars and everything. Hope names her knives. <laughs> I mean, I just want her to have her handy dandy pocket knife that she brings with her everywhere and has a name. Is that too much to ask? Yeah. Is it? Is it? I No. <laughs> like, come on, man. It would be amazing. And it could mm-hmm. be like, it should have some amazing name like Gertrude. Or Gertrude is the name of a cat. So it could be a name of a knife. Don't, don't. Get... <laughs> Gertrudes are amazing. Okay. <laughs> It should, it should be something really stupid but amazing. Like, oh my god, what if she just named it Pamela? Bob? Like, I'm gonna fuck Rob? you up with Bob now. Bob? Bob. Bob. <laughs> I was gonna say Pamela. I don't know. Like, or no, it's like a pun on Pummel. Pamela. Oh, wow. Mm, mm-hmm, You're, mm-hmm. You and your puns. Mm, I know. <laughs> Retweet. Oh, but, um, <laughs> but, yeah, what were you yeah, saying? I just so love, she I, comes up there with her knife I'm kit. So, I, I love when she came in with her knife kit and she was like, he was like, I want to kill you as much as you want to kill me. And I was just like, yes, this yes. is the banter I've been asking for. I've been waiting for Arya to threaten somebody for so long. And I have yet to get it, you yeah, know, yeah. like I just and the only thing that I would say I don't like about Malolandon is that he isn't the long haired. like he doesn't. I feel like it would be so much edgier if it mm. had long hair, if he had the long hair that we thought he was going to have in season three. Yeah, when they gave <sighs> him the haircut, like when presumably someone gave him the haircut, I was like, oh, OK, so we're going there. I feel like they were just doing that to separate. Like, it would have been too obvious. I don't know. Like, they were still trying to go for the long wait game. Like, oh, plot twist, this is also not the real Landon. But they were tricking Mm -hmm. us because he had short hair. I'm like, you did not get past us. But okay. I just, I feel like, I just, you know, I'm a visual learner, (laughs) sort of. And I just feel like, it, a great way to make him even more menacing which just be to make it so he didn't look so much like Landon anymore. Mm. If he had longer hair or if he wore like different clothes, you know, something to signify that he is different now. And I'm, I don't know. I'm I feel really, like that just would have been the like the yeah. icing on the cake type thing. Like yeah, cherry I think, on top. I think all. it's like they so Mala Landon is like how you're saying like it looks very similar visually to Landon but that's also like part of the unnerving charm to it like yeah. Arya's very yeah. good at separating actors like 
And then we had like Dark Josie where they relied too heavily on these like such theatrical looks. Like she had yeah. this Crayola coming on on her neck and um oh God, her her terrible Crayola. her oh party God. central wig like <laughs> and I really did not enjoy it. Maybe like the the black goth dress something like Wednesday Adams vibes it's like it's, it's like they like they there's like, like these decisions that they made with Malaland and could have worked better with um with like relying on Kaylee's acting to distinguish Josie and then a Josie that's unhinged yeah mm-hmm. my two cents I feel I feel like like with dark Josie it's like they use the makeup that you get like randomly in that your Halloween bag that's no. like that two dollar makeup or something. No. I was like, what was what was that eyeshadow? I'll never get over it. I'll never ever. Like, uh, okay. It was it was obviously such obvious parallels to Dark Willow from Buffy the Vampire Slayer. And oh, yeah. honestly, I, I don't remember them doing much physical changes with Angel when he was uh he lost his soul again. So I don't know. They just like I don't know. I felt like in a weird way. I wish they were switched. I wished Malaland and did have a physical change that was visually, you know, mm-hmm. um, stunning. And then I wish Dark Josie wasn't. I wish that they had went the route where Dark Josie was supposed to be Josie fucking Saltzman. Yeah, it, it should have been a mirror. Like she's looking in a mirror, right? It's almost like right. Oh God, that would have been oh so sadistic. Oh oh okay, and Kaylee would have ate that. Like that would have been really right? cool to see. We saw like her. Oh, that smirk there in the jail cell where everyone's realizing that, like, it was the film noir episode at the very end. She's in the jail and everyone's like, mm-hmm. Josie, we're just concerned about you. And, and, like, Josie's, like, acting. She's like, um, guys, what's going on? You know, Super Squad. <laughs> Hashtag Super Squad, right? Why am I behind bars? And then everyone's like, <laughs> we're just concerned because you consumed a lot of magic. Don't worry. And then she just, like, does this really creepy, sadistic smile. Like, you're like, oh, things are getting serious here. And then, they, <laughs> like, when she snapped her fingers and it was just this, like, ridiculous Party Central Wednesday Adams, I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, it, it uh, definitely felt more like Dark Josie felt more gimmicky. Yeah. Which I think is sad for something that stems from something so serious you know it's supposed to stem from a mental break this girl is supposed to have felt so suffocated in her own life that she had to create an alternate personality to survive I think that that's something that should have been taken more seriously than bad eyeshadow and a wig and yeah I a think black school dress like what the fuck <laughs> yeah I, think I don't they know took a, they did a better job with the ring where they were fighting in the boxing ring like that did look better I think the middle part worked for her but like Maybe, I don't know. I don't know. They just didn't... Maybe if they, like, chose a better look there, it could have, like, done it better. Just, I don't know. Yeah. It just, I don't know. I don't know. I, I feel like, you know, there was a possibly... You know, when they come up with ideas for shows, they come up with several ideas. That's why you see a lot of that... What's it called? The um concept art? Yeah. When it comes to like superheroes and all their suits, they come up with several ideas. So you yeah, know, with yeah. Dark Josie, they did several tests. Yeah, I just saw, hate the fact that they we saw, yeah, we saw Scott's they, behind the scenes. There was this one yeah. photo that was shared, and it was like only I think it was like Kaylee was still wearing the black goth dress, 
but it was also yeah but like, she was just she just had extensions and her hair was still brown That's yeah all. yeah it was it brown I was like, why did you guys feel the need to mess with her hair anyway? I felt like the yeah. most things you should have done like, is maybe like they should have done. Yeah, like, you know, like the fact that she suddenly has straight hair. I felt like it would have been great if that was the change. If Josie went from having these perfect curls that's always pinned up and mm-hmm. she looks like the perfect student. If she suddenly just went to pin straight hair, that would have signaled. That would have been enough change for me. That would have. I don't know. That but would that's have been just good me. for me. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. just me. I felt with, like that, that could have been handled differently. But, but, but with the episode, with yeah, with Mal Landon, I, I still really enjoyed it because Arya obviously killed it. And I was really like, oh, that one scene where Hope has the knife, like, oh, here, I'll even make it easier for you. And then she has the knife and you're like, what is she going to, is she going to cut her hand? And then like tosses it into his chest and he like fake like dies He's like oh yeah oh, oh i'm like this doesn't hurt me fuck you you're so <laughs> I dumb i was so like funny. that was so funny like i really it enjoyed was it so great like aria he's just they gave him the script for this episode and he was like oh fuck yeah fuck just yeah <laughs> yeah it was, it was it was also like little things like the fact that like hope was watching mg die and oh yeah malalandon is just sitting behind her like in her face sort of but he's not Mm -hmm. doing anything physically menacing but it's the fact that he's hovering that was sort of Mm -hmm. freaky and it was Mm -hmm. i don't know i just felt like he did a really an amazing job and this is just me to say like even though i have my problems with landon the character and how sometimes he's portrayed i truly do love aria yeah his talent and even like Landon, when we do see Landon, I thought it was really interesting how he was so selfless. Like he was like, I can be in stuck in eternity forever. You know, it's eternity. I was like, wow, he was really willing to basically say, I don't want my girlfriend to become something that she's not ready for. So I will stay right. here and be stuck here. I was like, no, don't. I don't know. I felt something right there. And, I was um, like, no, not in- for Landon, that to him felt like two weeks past, I'm going to assume, maybe like a week, because really, we had last seen like Landon Kirby since 304, like 20 minutes into 304. And it was a like it was only like a day after the musical and the musical itself was maybe like a weekend or like a week since when he was a ghost and when he was a ghost he was very willing to walk into the light and we'd like not hear from him again before the necromancer yanked him back he was like yeah I'm, i if i die that means like i can't be inhabited blah 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 like greater good and everything so we were like very close to seeing that so really in retrospect landon making that decision makes sense because he was already going to do that right so right like them everyone catching it oh my god when caleb and alark were catching him up like so how many fake me's were there three two uh, uh Two, two, three. <laughs> I'm confused on that too. Like I, to this day, I will never know when the switch happened. I will never know. I, I wouldn't say never, but still, like after seeing this episode, I don't know when Malavor took Overland, and I don't know when who became who. I'm still confused on that. I, to be honest, you know, I actually think in 304 when Landon like um, so it was the prison world, right? So you just regenerate anyways, and you spawn back. Um, after the dragon flames, oh my god, I can't believe I'm saying this. After the dragon flames, <laughs> Landon, and that was when Malvor was in his body, so he like disappeared into ash. And when Landon comes back and hope, and it's like this weird slow mo, and they're all like in 
the crispy dust ash of the necromancers swirling around them. I don't know. And and then Hope is like, Landon, is that you? And then and then Landon is like in the flesh. He said the same exact thing to Alaric and Caleb. So either that was like a Malivor trick or the writers retconned it because that is one hundred percent something Landon would not say in three oh four. Like it like I think that was like Malivore hinted and like she slept with Malivore. Uh, but they retconned it because they realized that the audience did not like that. Like, of course, why would we like that at all? It was just a terrible and it's, 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 terrible it's like, why decision. Would, why would we like it? And why would Malavor do make, that to himself? Right. Like, so, so them, no so them establishing that was the real Landon and the real Landon saying to Lark and Caleb in the flesh, then that allows like us, the audience, to have that peace of mind that Hope had slept with Landon and not Malavor, even though right. in the canon. It was, it was, it was, like, obviously, land, like, not Landon. Like, they, like, it was just, they just retconned it. It was very easy to see. I think they're trying to, they're trying to say now that, yeah. I guess, it was, it was Landon all up until he escaped the ice cream shop. And when he finally sets out into the prison world, I guess Malivore is supposed to have taken him over at some point in there. Because he says something in this episode, he says something like, I got to take over Landon's body, and all I had to do was set the necromancer free, which was what happened in that ice cream parlor. That's how the necromancer wound up getting set free after Landon. Got yeah, but out. we didn't see that time in between because all we saw was Landon, yeah. like a Landon, like Arya beating up the necromancer, but which Landon that is, like Malivore Landon. I honestly thought that was Malivore because it could have been like Malivore, like as the warden, and as we can see, torturing everyone, he can just pop into his conscious and just check up on them and pretend to be Landon. Like I thought that was like Malivore right. pretending to be Landon to play with the necromancer. So that could have actually I, happened, and then the necro- necro- necromancer would have been like, you're not Landon Kirby. And then Malivore <laughs> been like, you're right. I'm not Landon. I tricked you. Ha-ha. Here's the deal. If you accept it, I'll let you go. And then I think that was the deleted, like not deleted, just the scene we haven't seen yet. I don't know. We'll see. I, I, so far, the only thing that I'm able to fully sort of piece together is that the last time we've seen Landon besides this episode... It was 304. Is, 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 is when he was taking, putting on the ne- the necklaces and he wa- he leaves the note. I think that is the last time we scanically see Landon. Oh, yeah. So and at then, some point, Landon. So, okay, if you're saying that that's Landon who put on the necklaces in the prison world, then that means Malivore uh, took, him, took over him over after that. And that's how he got the necklaces because that is that is Landon's body. He physically took him over. So that's how, when Malalandon came back into the real world, how he was able to give hope back the necklaces. God. I think that's what just, they're trying to say. But wasn't when he went into the ice cream parlor? had the necklaces he just didn't put it on like he was holding it in his yeah wrist. yeah it was supposed to be in his hands yeah, he it was, was gripping in his hands. it oh god yeah. just this mess so maybe that was it's, it really is a mess to like unwind it really is you really have to sit there and have to but it's not a out, good okay, kind of like white wind long-winded it story it, it's, it just pisses it's me like, off <laughs> It's so different. You know, I can think of shows where you really had to sit there and try to figure out stuff. You know, like Game of Thrones, for instance. Yeah. There was 
this thing in Game of Thrones of trying to figure out who the hell Jon Snow's parents were. Who were Jon Snow's parents? And that, that was something, that was a mystery that drove the show for a very long time. And Pretty Little Liars, who was A? How did Allison yeah. Deerances die? They, they had several mysteries that pushed the show forward. I feel like, unfortunately... This was a mystery that Legacy created that wasn't meant to be Oh, created. no. That, I and... think that was more meant like a, like a mistake. Like, I can also name, like, like it's these kinds of uh, things that are set up that are, like, you have to watch it again to really get it. Um, for example, mm-hmm. Primer. It's this really great time travel movie, and it's, like, this lowest budget, like, ever. And they it was a really impressive, um, like release and everything I, I feel like it took like eight years to edit but basically primer is like you don't realize that there are duplicates of the protagonist until the very end where you realize that there's like like different timelines all convoluted so time travel movies hmm. really force you to rewatch this again um another movie i can name is 12 monkeys it has um it has uh, brad pitt it has brad pitt and it has uh, the guy from Titanic, <laughs> the the old, the old guy. But and Leonardo DiCaprio. Nope, 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 Leonardo nope. DiCaprio. Twelve monkeys. It was it was it was a it was a it was a pretty intense movie. But anyways, um, I think his name is Christopher Plummer. Christopher Plummer is his name. Okay. But that's totally. I don't know who that is, but okay. Yeah, but uh, okay. So he. I haven't seen Titanic. I always turn it on accidentally when the boat is sinking and I never want to no! watch that part, so. I always get to, I never see Titanic from the beginning. Oh Every God. time I turn it on, that boat is sinking oh and God. I fucking hate it. Like, it's traumatic. Okay. Keep <laughs> but like, so there's these really well-constructed like movies, films, TV series that are, mm-hmm. are like, they want you to rewatch it to really get and recognize like plot devices and then. Uh, and things like that. Um, another great movie that I recently watched is called um, Time Crimes. It's a Spanish film. Um, mm-hmm. Definitely watch it, not dubbed. <laughs> but that one is really mm-hmm. good because it's also a really simple story that is like this main guy. and You can see him turn into like different versions of himself. Like it's all in his POV of one guy, but technically he's turning into different versions of himself as he travels through time. It is really cool because you realize things that happen in the beginning of the movie, you see him making that happen later on. It's a big timey-wimey mm-hmm. thing, right? And legacies, it's like all of these mistakes, like they're mistakes, you know? Like it's like retcon stuff like that. So I really believe that they had wrote it that Malivor had slept with Hope, but um, they saw the fan reaction and obviously swayed with the fact that that is fucking weird. So Landon says in the flesh to calm our minds that Hope and Landon had sex. So that's fine with me. Like, I'd rather them say in canon that that was Hope and Landon than, um, than like, never speak on it, you know? So, so yeah, whatever. Uh, <laughs> I was, because it's, that was, that was really, I mean, like, the whole thought of, Landon disintegrating after they had sex is gross enough as it was. So like learning learning the fact that whether or not it was or was not Landon or whether it was or was not consensual, that was really like harmful to have to think about for for me personally. But I, I guess um also like a lot of viewers were probably like 
turned off by that and like what the heck like oh, yeah i don't know so it, it, i'm it took them forever oh yeah to... there was like a big drop from and... 304 to 305 that lost a lot of people <laughs> oh um it, i can imagine and i just i feel like it's funny because it's it wasn't until you said it that I even realized that that was the same line yep. I was said. Maybe yep. because I never watched 304. Well, <laughs> that's funny. <laughs> I still, like, I think I, I've seen the the disintegration scene <laughs> solely because it was on Twitter. Yeah. Um, and I was traumatized and it made me not want to watch that episode ever in my living existence. <laughs> so... The only time I will ever see that episode is if I go to hell. Like, <laughs> my oh my god! And you meet your own maker, and they're like, "Okay, so Literally. every single they're like, hello." <laughs> every single season of Prillo Liars and the originals and the Vampire Diaries I'm, that you did not watch and you chose not to watch, we're gonna play that for you right now, Brie. Literally, it'll be every episode where somebody died or every or like the fat flash forward in Pretty Liars because I never watched the <laughs> flash forward in Pretty Liars. <laughs> I'm sorry, Emily was selling her eggs and I was done. I couldn't do it. Yeah. I could not <laughs> do it. It reached a level of stupidity that I could not handle. At least they didn't um, change your hair. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm just saying it's like. I, so like yeah that would be it i would be welcome to the gates of hell with <laughs> <laughs> the landed disintegration scene <laughs> all the gays link up in hell all the gays it, link know? up in hell well i'm seeing i'm seeing hope there so <laughs> yeah i mean i'm saying we just gotta all be chilling like i'll meet you there rihanna what's yeah, up let's go that? like <laughs> <laughs> but yeah so okay other stuff that happened in this um, episode um i loved cleo i thought cleo's little thing was really yeah sweet yeah and i i thought it was i couldn't tell if she was playing along originally because she wanted to play along because she hadn't seen her sisters and like her mom and yeah hundreds of years and so she really did long for that connection i think so but at the same time she also knew that it was fake yeah. and I don't know. I just, I felt really bad for yeah. her. I know Malivore is about to go ham on her because she refuses to help him. So she's probably going to be forced to see how he like murdered her entire family. So that's going to be fun to watch. Oh, no. I think he went back. Yeah. I think I so severely think that after she gave him that fake vessel that didn't do anything, I think he went back and like killed her entire yeah. like family. I oh god, she went did. to Italy. She fell in love with Leonardo da Vinci and her family was the most random. I mean, like I don't mind it, but it really is the most random fact like, oh yeah, I just went and fell in love with one of the most iconic figures Very in history. Big deal. Like that's look look at her flex. Like Cleo's just she's stunting. Oh, on oh. <laughs> when she was with her vague family and they were like, oh, are you like being amused to other neighboring villages? And she was like, I'm actually inspiring the whole world. And I was like, you go, girl. That's my queen. I mean, seriously, she she fundamentally changed like how we interpret the human body <laughs> and science and art. Like, are you like kidding she, me? She yes. quickly sketched the uh, Vitruvian man and, and Leonardo like just like. Okay. <laughs> so okay. so that's like hello like <laughs> so that's the canon of the show's <laughs> like history which is like neat like they're they're rewriting history but in a way that like you know figures with the story. It's funny. It's just, it's, it's funny yeah. as a as a huge history nerd as somebody who accidentally got a history degree. <laughs> um <laughs> That's still the funniest thing about me I swear. Okay. Anyway, as somebody who loves history, I just love little 
points like that because it really is like that's so cute i don't know i love it when writers mess with history for, but in good ways yeah in ways that make like, sense loki like, being the guy with the airplane db db cooper db cooper when they did that loki was db cooper i was like that's so fucking funny because we're never gonna get me an that's literally that sent me so hard when i first <laughs> I saw that scene. similar I, I mean, it's hysterical. The fact that they even used that. The fact that Loki was... <laughs> and that was a prank. That, w- that, that was, was a prank. A prank. It, was a, it was a whole... Wasn't it a dare that he was supposed to do or With, something? Um, from Thor, right? It's like, from, oh, yeah, yeah, I think so. <laughs> oh, God, that was good. But anyways, that's that's Marvel. We should just have yeah. our Marvel podcast. You being Literally. like a well-versed Marvel enthusiast and i'm here Seriously. like oh i i just started wandavision and now i'm stuck here <laughs> literally like um, hey like hosey show listeners should we start a marvel podcast where i fan girl <laughs> and act like the obsessed fan i am and rihanna just listens to me should we do that yeah. <laughs> okay <laughs> where i just introduce rihanna to all the, the movies and force her to watch them all we should i am yeah, like both. really like i was very confused about spider-man i was very confused about everything i'm like brie please explain what does that mean and She'll give me like a whole history lesson, the history nerd that Brie is. I literally I do enjoy (laughs) I remember I was giving you a lesson on Sony and uh uh was it Sony, Disney, and 20th Century Fox. Like I was giving her a full (laughs) background history of these studios and how who owns what because I know too many things. I literally had a question. (laughs) I was like Brie, why uh, this is probably gonna get me like eaten alive on Twitter if I ask this. So I'm gonna ask you, why <laughs> are the Spider-Man movies not on Disney Plus? And then I got like a 15 minute voicemail. <laughs> but yeah, this this episode, I really enjoyed Cleo getting tortured. I really, well, <laughs> I say that like I'm a sadistic asshole, but I really enjoyed. I really like it when shows fuck with the uh, mental capacities of people. Um, It really tests their maturity, really tests their growth. It really tests these different facets of the character we haven't previously seen before we have. And we get to see that thrown in a new set of waters. Like, obviously, we all watched, like, Hope Landon, MG, that scene. So to see that again and see what decisions would she make. Like, I I did not doubt my girl. Like, she would choose MG, of course. Of course. Yeah. But it was really interesting to see her, like, tackling that like Mm -hmm. the lights going out very slowly towards the uh schrodinger's cat is landon alive is he not like that was really interesting and it was Mm -hmm. also really great to see like uh, hope was seriously like i i i'm i'm involving myself more with the people that are there that are that love me that are with me than to Mm -hmm. go after an illusion of something that is or isn't existing so i thought that was really mature of hope and i'm really it's really great i i I think one thing i really did like about this episode was because there was no monsters you do understand malibor now as a psychological villain yeah like Um, he really plays on your he preys on psychological it's the best thing about these characters because you really get the chance to unearth these traumas the fact that we learn that caleb actually murdered like dozens of people and he didn't remember it like I'm not going to try to get on the fact that whether or not that is like possible because when we've seen past characters like Stefan who murdered people and like he was forced to remember all his victims like I'm not saying that it is impossible 
for you to be um, so traumatized that you block out memories. I was just trying to test like the validity of it, I guess, in a way, because it's like he's an immortal creature would he would that still technically um, i don't know yeah yeah uh, do, do the I, neurons I was, in I, your brain still like degrade like what's up with that i don't know there we're getting was, too I much was, into biology and science we're getting way too deep into psychology so like don't attack me I, i'm not saying it is impossible i was just wondering at first i thought they were going to do something like uh, a lark had erased his memory or did something so like he couldn't yeah to to save I thought they were gonna do like a lark had made another like bad call, sort of like the prison world thing. Yeah. Where he almost has to like make a, a witch. choice to protect a student or something. Yeah, almost like a witch, like something similar to how Davina erased like Rebecca's one minute of where yeah. she was. Yeah, um, or like how or maybe he called up an original and was like, Hey, can you do me a solid and wipe this boy's memories because he's so traumatized from murdering nearly like the entire band squad not what are, the, what are, what are band people band called ba- uh, band what are know. band people people ba- band the people. band i don't know the band um, <laughs> the, the band <laughs> what band i don't people? know but yeah he like but, ate yeah, up like, the quarterbacks band um i mean like I, I mean like yeah seriously it's like i thought and we had always gotten that yeah we always got the like cool chill caleb we were like oh it's very mm-hmm. seriously hard to believe that he like ripped people until we saw that memory so i thought that right. was really and cool i think the only thing that i'm still like of course i am missing is how he became a vampire in the first place um what got him yeah. into that um i think we're got... just like a minute away from that to be honest i think we're very close uh, it's to that. A... both him and mg like both him and mg are like right on the cusp of figuring out how the hell they died to begin with like we know that it was something mg that his own parents were able to find out about and and we're he really clearly, cool. it, at, and, yeah. and as a preacher's son it's like, how the heck did he get himself mixed up with vampires? You're like, that is, I would love, to, I want to know right. his backstory more than Caleb's at this point. Like, I really right. need to know how this preacher's son got himself mixed up with vampires. Like, talk about, like, something that don't make sense. Right. Like, but I, I mean, also I think to- it has, like, there's this really popular theory that it was, um, like, because MG's mother is involved with Triad, she is the head of Triad, um, it would be mm-hmm. really cool if that was, like, a, an, an opposing government force that was, like, wanting to um, make internal affairs in Triad more difficult for them. So by doing that, they could... So by turning the head's son, you could make mm-hmm. it more difficult for the head to maintain control and authority in and try it because like well you're you're making sure your son is like okay right but then you're also managing this huge like government conspiracy not like underground Mm -hmm. thing so i thought Mm -hmm. that would that would be a really cool like um like origin you know me i'm I'm all for them bringing anything triad back because i think triad is a is a great source of like un untouched material like i don't know such really good untapped stuff there yeah it's it it really is like a great opportunity just sitting there and it's been sitting there for three seasons now yeah it's like can you do something can you like i'm you <laughs> know that meme with like stick. yeah the meme where you're poking it with the stick and it's like do something that's me with them in triad i'm like please do because like yeah i we, think we have seen we have seen how government facilities have interacted with supernatural creatures in the past with damon and whitmore college and, and, right yeah and the whitmore Enzo, experiments and then, mm-hmm. and then um with how lucian created oh, the lucian whole created. the what is it what was it called like the um 
he was able to become like the enhanced vampire right. it was enhanced like, hybrid or something. It was like reverse engineering like the 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 seven the toxins of yeah, all the, all the of werewolf the, clans and you're like, Wow. Yeah. And then that so, that we were bring they brought in Keelan, so we saw like how mm-hmm. Keelan could engineer something there. That was yeah. really cool. So I just really think like it's it's a pretty popular sci-fi trope too. Just look at Stranger Things. It's its whole thing is based on a backbone of this mysterious facility housing young, like really young students, and then they have these supernatural powers that could create the world or destroy the world. You know, and that's like Legacy's whole shtick, right? Like, right. Uh, heroes or villains, <laughs> and <laughs> um. To have a, a facility like Triad and also apparently housing the cult witches, they really could have explored more, and I really hope they do. Because think to think about how when Hope inevitably inevitably becomes a tribrid and destroys Malivore, I think we're wrapping up Malivore pretty soon, to be honest. But also, like, how do they transition into a new big bad? Because that's also inevitable. Yeah, we were talking about this earlier, and I was like, I don't really... I've always felt like the thing with Malibor is it's not the fact that monsters and them existing is a bad idea. It's the fact that when you do it, nothing can top it. When you bring in dragons <laughs> and you bring in Greek mythology and gods and 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 giant bugs and demons yeah. and all this stuff, like it's hard to top that. Yeah. So you don't pull those cards out until you know, know it. Like, that's what I will always say. We've always talked about Supernatural, like, off this podcast, me and you. But, like, it's always one of those things where it's like, dang, the angels that they brought in in Supernatural, they were such a great idea. But you can tell that they just ran out of steam after a while because it's like, how do you top heaven <laughs> and yeah. God and yeah. angels? It's like, how do you how do you beat that? So it's like when you reach that ceiling... You have to know when to use that card, you know? So I've right. always felt like Malivore was something that would be very, very the hard ultimate, to from. Right. It was like the ultimate wild card that Hope tossed herself mm-hmm. into Malivore, which mm-hmm. we agree happened too soon. Like, that sounds like something that was better suited for, like, a season two cliffhanger if Hope would raise I herself. I feel like if, if I had the chance to, like, rewrite this and... Like, have a beginning be like, and end... Like I, I would I would probably make it so that we physically did not see what Malivore was or where these monsters were coming from for like three seasons. It would be a while before Ooh. you saw that a pit existed in the first damn place. Ooh. And then it like hope jumping in, that would have been like a season three finale for me. Oh, that's it, interesting saying, because that could have been like a season like if you're in your rewrite, I could imagine like in the beginning people just thought think because Mystic Falls is this hotbed of, of mm-hmm. stuff so maybe they're gravitating towards this so then the then you realize that the the super squad's like theory on that is like completely wrong that yeah mm-hmm. this is a hotbed for mysterious happenings but it's also because there is this mystical like prison dimension um, right and and like there's just so much stuff that they did that you know, we can go on and on about it. Yeah, you know, yeah. I've, I've, I thought that them hope getting out of Malivore happened too soon. I thought them remembering hope happened too soon. I thought Dark Josie was too quick. Dark Josie could have been a season long event. Yeah. Uh, and, and, it it and wouldn't. I, it wouldn't even be like mostly Dark Josie. It could have been been a really cool like season long Josie 
turning into dark Josie. Like, yeah, like, with her slow, action, like the slow like descent. Two A. The slow descent. Right. Of like it. Josie's two A scene should have been like expanded into like maybe three quarters of a season. And then right. we see the ultimately like she's really like unhinged. I actually think we're getting that. I don't know if any listeners here um, are watching Nancy Drew, but I'll talk about Nancy Drew like in every single episode because it's a really good show. <laughs> Anyways, I think they're doing that with Bess Marvin. <laughs> so I'm really excited to see Bess's journey because it's a lot like Josie um, descent into occult magic. Ooh, so yeah, tune into yeah. Nancy Drew at Fridays at nine eight Central. Only on the CW. Yeah. Stream free it's on not, the stream free on the app next day. <laughs> it's not like I'm watching it from season one and you didn't just spoil it for me. So thanks. I, I didn't say anything. I didn't say anything. You literally I just said that she's dabbling in occult magic and is going down a dark turn. I didn't know that girl oh, had they powers to oh, begin with. Oh, they're not doing that. But I want it to. I will, <laughs> I will reach through this phone and throttle you right now. My God, stop speaking. Stop. Um, <laughs> Sorry, well. listeners. This is how we talk to each other on a daily basis. So, yeah. Um, but, legacies. okay. So, what else right, happened right, right, in the right. episode? Okay. Oh, I really... <laughs> I really liked... So, like, yeah, Cleo... Um, I thought that was clever, like Hope and Cleo holding hands, and you wouldn't expect like Cleo was giving her inspiration that wouldn't activate yeah. to the end. And like shout out also to them making it so Cleo got to speak in her native tongue. I felt like Yoruba, that yeah, yeah, because it's like they could have easily made that whole scene them speaking in English, and I'm like, no, thank you for making it so that she felt like she was in Africa and the 1500s, and that was the language that she spoke, and that was the language that was her first language you know like I'm, I feel like sometimes in these shows we can forget culture and history and like how things are supposed to be mm-hmm. so I just thought it was a cute little thing I was like yeah she's talking in her native language and I just thought that was really cool mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. that was just me part that was something that I was like oh I love that thank you that love love that for me. I just mm-hmm. I love I love African culture and seeing it being depicted on screen because we don't really get to see it a lot. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that's just me. Um, I'm trying to speak about uh, Mizzy. Oh yes, MG and Lizzie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. My babies. Yeah, they didn't have one single scene in this episode together. <laughs> but i still felt vibes i still felt like yeah at the very end um lizzie's definitely like trying like she's talking to hope right and she's like um i i like put myself out there for mg but he didn't seem you know yeah she said she said like i i i I showed him i was like open for business and he still hasn't showed up or something and and then she's like but ethan has so that's and i i thought it was I thought it was very interesting because I think that's the first time Lizzie has said out loud that she gave MG like a chance. Like, you know what I'm trying to say? It's like, that's the first time she said like she was willing to be in a relationship with MG. He just Mm -hmm. hasn't shown up. And I was like, wow, my baby. I don't know. I just, I love Lizzie Saltzman. (laughs) I really do. Um, Jokes aside on Twitter and jokes aside on like what we be talking about, Hizzy. I really do appreciate the relationship she has with Hope as like friends and I love her relationship with MG and I just mm-hmm. the fact that she was like I want love I was like oh god same <laughs> yeah I think she said something like I want what I've never had 
something that right. you've had and and, like, and she was like really expressing about love because I know like everyone knows that Hope has like had multiple like she's had had multiple loves and lost a lot of love right and, um right. I don't know I guess there's like Roman sure but there, there's also like Landon like arguably like how bad Handon fell off towards the end it was still something that Hope can't like shake in season one for example so it was really right it was really neat to see them talking about that their like love lives and everything and hope saying like learning learning what hope has learned or gained um from how handon fell off she is able mm-hmm. to tell lizzie like yeah um Maybe uncancel it. It's almost like in season one, Hope, of course, would not give that advice. She would probably be like, no, like, whatever, like, <laughs> screw everyone. I'm, I'm not open. I'm not being a romantic. I'm not a hopeless romantic. Hope was very much like that in season one. So to see her learn from what she didn't do in season one and to tell, like, Lizzie, of all people from season one, to say, like, uncancel that date and go for it because hope was not someone who would go for it in season one so i think right. that's a really mature growth of friendship with hope and lizzie and hope and landon um because in her mind like she believes that landon is gone and she's currently in that mourning process and i think that i think caleb lying to her was probably a good thing because I, it probably was because I think if they had to sit there and tell her that Landon basically mm-hmm. said to kill him yeah. and leave him yeah. suffering for all eternity, like that would not bode over well yeah. at all. Yeah, and I, 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 and you know, it's one of those things where it's like they did have that conversation where they said, you know, the truth. What did they say? Like the truth hurts when you're not like ready for it or something. And mm. it is. It's like hope. I think what this episode was really great with for hope because it was her realizing, for the first time, how she's been so blind. Yes. To yes. Her actions. Okay. She says to she, Cleo, "The lesson that I learned is that the illusion never lasts." She did it over and over again, from one fake land into the next. It was really cool to see because obviously in the beginning of the season we had hope and Cleo clash over that. Like Cleo was wanted to help. Hope move on, and then Hope was still stuck um, mm-hmm. being obsessed. Like Cleo says outright, like you're too obsessed with Hope. Um, Hope, you're too obsessed right. with Landon to see the bigger picture of everything. So for her to have that full closure moment, especially in 305 with fake Landon in the therapy, bo- therapy box where she says to fake killer Landon that, um, uh, you know, I want to stay in this literal illusion to be with you, and mm-hmm. which is right after 304. Um, right before they have sex, Hope says to Landon, our reality is better than any fantasy, she says in 304 to Landon. Mm-hmm. So to hear her say, um, like, our, this illusion does not last was a really great turning point for Hope and also as a viewer yeah. to see Hope finally reach, like, closure with herself and closure with other people. Yeah. yeah, I felt like the only thing that was sort of missing was that I wish that it, it's one of those moments with Hope's character where I wish they did focus on the fact that she does have more pain outside of Landon. Yeah, um, I agree. Because it would have been great if they had said like she tried to do stuff with like her parents. After right. They died. Like, like she tried. She 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 did. She used that crystal or she created her own world where she can see them and talk to them or, you know, sort of like the 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 mirror of. Arisid, I forgot oh, what it's called. Oh, and Harry Potter, Potter. the Mirror of Arisid, you're but right. It's, yeah, I was like, I would I would have loved if she had mentioned that she tried to do stuff with, like, magic to try to 
not forget her parents after they died, but of course they didn't. They made it, and, and I get it because Landon, the whole Landon thing is more recent. And as a viewer who probably hasn't watched the originals of Vampire Diaries, you might not know the history, but it just really sucks sometimes when they don't point out the fact that Hope has lost so many people and her trying to hang on to Landon is a result of that, mm-hmm. not like Landon is her first loss ever. Oh, yeah. I wish it th- I wish that they focused on that a little bit more. But, yeah, I thought that her character was great in the fact that she was like, you guys all think I would jeopardize this? You guys think I... You 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 did. Oh this yeah, you saw the like, pain. They were right, they, the pain washed yeah, over her eyes. But I was like, well, they're right. But you're also like, of course, it makes sense why you would feel betrayed. But also, like, they feel like you could betray them at any point. So it was a really, it was a really good, um, like, uh, it was a really good way to show that hope isn't like the super squad leader. Like, of course, there's going to be mistakes made. So the power is always like changing almost democratically, I guess. So Mm -hmm. I think I was talking about this on like the live Hosey Talks, which we do every um, every hour after the episode airs on Thursdays on Twitter, Twitter spaces. I was I was saying how I think it's really interesting that MG it was MG's plan. So first of all, Mm -hmm. having MG's plan be in motion um it there leaves no like subjectivity where hope is like trying to like oh have a plan go this way because she's like no no this is your plan we're gonna see it through i'm your backup i'm your i'm the bodyguard i'm the guns of this plan that's good i'm fine in that role so we saw that and hope was supportive of mg there um i think it's interesting if josie were to take control which we do see in the coming episode the synopsis reads that hope relinquishes relinquishes control to josie and the super squad so to see josie's plan go into motion um with how to tackle malivore and bring cleo back because now their plan is to bring cleo back that that's their prime directive mm-hmm. knowing that josie has a blind spot for hope i think it would be really interesting to see buttons pushed in a way that hope i think we can all agree that hope knows that she is josie's blind spot and she can play with that it's almost like looking at the pilot for example she goes to josie because she knows that like she's never spoken out loud this is like a very unspoken thing between them they have that connection there that josie would do a lot of like elicit um secret things not tell their father special like they were doing magic on behind closed doors Mm -hmm. things like that i think hope knows that she has that bond with josie and which is what she played on in 308 which she went to to do that plan that otherwise very dangerous plan that josie would not agree to but she did because hope was there and she knew how much this meant to hope and she wanted to help hope so i think would be really interesting if during josie's plan Something is going to go wrong. That's without a doubt. But if if it's like, if if Hope realizes that Landon is alive, for example, or or something else happens in that mind, maybe another like memory trauma thing happens there, and it's Josie's mm-hmm. plan, and then someone is in jeopardy, it would be interesting to see Hope pitch something to Josie and say like, no, we need to do this. Otherwise, MG wouldn't say that, I think. MG would be like, no, this is a plan. We're going to do it this way because if we go with your way, you might jeopardize it, blah, blah, blah. But if, mm-hmm. if Josie was the leader and leaning on Josie's blind spot, Hope could 
get her way. And I think that would be really interesting to see because they have that blind spot dynamic. And that's really cool to me because also this may or may not be like the episode that Kaylee was teasing. What three years thing is like a cumulative three years is going to like be on the forefront of Josie's mind. And if this is a plan and they're going to go head diving again, if Josie's in there, are we going to see like a shared memory? Like I'm, I'm thinking a lot of possibilities probably out of my ass, <laughs> but I would love to see like a, um, a trauma thing on Josie's POV. Cause we have, we really haven't seen a lot of Josie's perspective. We've seen a lot of like Josie's narration and other people telling us how it yeah, was. We, we, we've, we've seen Josie more tell and we've seen it more from other people's perspectives yeah. like Lizzie's or Alar's. Yeah, or, I want to see yeah. Josie's hell. <laughs> I definitely feel like Hope plays on the fact that I think she knows that Josie is just as whipped selfless and <laughs> oh you were going there okay <laughs> i think she understands that josie is just as like selfless but protective as she is she's just more low-key about it mm. and so i just feel like she can always trust josie because all she has to say is somebody's in danger mm-hmm. i need your help i need your help to yeah. do this because i need to save that yeah. and jo- she knows josie will be on board i feel like that is definitely almost like exploiting a weakness yeah i mean it's something <laughs> that josie would knows about hope too like she goes up to um hope when she's like blowing off steam in the in the the hanging i don't know the boxing thing and mm-hmm. and and josie's like well i think lizzie hasn't called back and i think there might be danger at this retreat and Hope's like, oh, mm-hmm. someone's in danger? Okay, I guess I'll punch people and save the day at the same time. But I mostly want to punch people to air off her steam. And Josie knows that Hope would want to do that. And of course it was a ploy, so it wasn't really like the treat was a bad thing. But then on top of that, the retreat was actually a bad thing. So we got like like a layered thing there because Josie was being <laughs> sneaky. That was very good. That was, it was very in character that Hope would be like, oh, so you lied to me, but you knew that this would help me. Well, fuck you. <laughs> it was a, <laughs> such a cheek and tongue thing there when um, Hope is smiling while hugging Lizzie and Josie's like, sorry, I tricked you, but I knew this would get you to touch grass. <laughs> uh, <laughs> this will get you to touch grass. I can't stand you. But uh, speaking of, speaking of that, I feel like we haven't talked about Josie and French yet so um we don't have to Hope and MG I really (laughs) loved their scene at the end there because gosh it was such a like in the beginning of season three um Hope obviously felt like betrayed with MG hiding the ascendant which was very like okay why is he hiding the ascendant whatever I guess they were like trying to I think they made up a reason for Hope and MG to clash for them to ultimately Mm -hmm make up at the end which I guess was like necessary I I don't know like they need to be closer because obviously I think MG is more in the leadership role of the super squad than Hope is I think um I think they all equally contribute but MG is definitely like the more the one like being like he's the one that came up with the name so it's right like Like, he he's like the unofficial leader right he like he initiates physical leader right like MG initiates people he kind of like calls like um plans and stuff like that and hope is like the big guns of the like the operations it's like it's like it's like she's the ceo and he's the coo oh okay okay i don't know what coo stands for but okay 
me either, <laughs> but I know that they both do. They the CEO. I know that they stand for something in a business. That's all you need to know. They, they, they yeah, right, right. Don't like. I mean, like, don't throw no dictionary at me. Like, I'm supposed <laughs> like okay. Anyway, senior executive, chief operating officer, and chief executive officer. Right. Okay. So operating executive. Yeah, you're right. You're right. Um, See. I knew what I was yeah, talking about, even so. though I didn't know what I was yeah, saying. Yeah. See? See? Now, exactly. I don't think either of us are like market people, <laughs> like stats or uh, business, but that's that's fine. That's fine. It's like, I don't think any of us really know English. We don't really know words, <laughs> but we try. That's the point, mm-hmm. you know? <laughs> but okay so no Josie no, no okay well we can talk about them well we talked about I mean I don't know I just I thought it was I just thought it was very interesting how it's like oh girl was just tired oh she oh right 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 okay so they siphoned the they they siphoned the life out of her she looked dead that was so funny and it's also really cool because like they're finally world building like oh siphons really can suck the life mm-hmm. out of you because like um you know she's lizzie's we've seen lizzie siphon sebastian and mg and you know it's a really cool tactic actually like they're pretty powerful witches like to come up to someone and just like take like a vulcan hand grip and just literally like suck the life out of you like oh like they're a vampire of witches if you really think about it and um they they just suck the life force out of them and you know like looking when they when the twins um share a siphon life force from hope we don't see hope waver we don't see hope like right. you know see bodily body chills or anything like that hope is very powerful so we finally saw like someone like actually get super exhausted uncomfortable and and they felt like she just truly looked like she was in pain it was like damn it was like the werewolf version of getting desiccated literally and it's like Josie brought her like a thing of soup I would be like girl give me some juice get me a Duracell battery (laughs) get me get me some life support something (laughs) like this you know like she just brought me like what this plate of soup gonna do for me (laughs) like no Joe, I need medical attention please because <laughs> um, she just looks so tired oh my god i was i was like dang they just sucked you dry bro <laughs> i think that also probably um that probably was a plot device i don't know not plot device because it's like oh i see because if they had drained jed i don't think he would recuperate uh, quickly which they need him for the next episode what they need him for the next episode is to get tossed, I guess, because that's the next episode. In the, in the teaser. Yeah, he gets thrown by uh, Clark, kind of Gollum thing. I don't know. I don't know. Where is Clark? Oh, he was in the hospital, right. But actually, he's probably, like, mutating yeah. or something, and then they can't admit him into the hospital anymore, so then they become a, a Salvatore problem. Yeah, that's probably it. And, um, like, with, having Finch incapacitated, that... That allows Josie to, like, be more in the center of the super squad, which have her plan in motion. Because, obviously, like, I don't know why they thought that was a good idea, like, Finch to interrupt it. Like, okay, let's talk about the red flags. <laughs> okay. Um, I, th- I thought it was very, I thought it was very, like, she crossed a line there. I think that... Um, in relationships and a healthy relationship, there's there's a good thing and it's called boundaries. Like that's a very appropriate mm-hmm. thing to have there. 
And I think that Finch overstepped the boundaries put up. And I think it's there's I a just... difference between being attentive and being sensitive mm-hmm. towards someone's, say, loss or someone's deeply rooted trauma that you don't want to um, touch with or overstep without, you know, intruding. Obviously, that's an intrusive thing there. And I think, um, I think to have Finch say it like off, like almost shift the blame back on Josie saying like, oh, well, you didn't open up. So that forced me in this position to research you. It was like, oh, why did you just do that? Why did you just do that? You know, you could have waited. You could have seen like she had her reasons to not tell her immediately. Like she's this special witch, right? Um, I, I don't know. I just felt like that was very unnecessary, but it was also in character because Finch is a walking red flag. So it was going to inevitably happen. Um I think that Lizzie didn't like... react enough to that because I think Lizzie is a very protective sister, obviously, and her pointing out things like, because she's protective of Josie, obviously, um, she's going to be like, well, you just met her three weeks ago. You're dating her three weeks ago. Like, why are you doing this so fast? Of course, Lizzie's concerned, <laughs> but they were in like a life for danger situation and Lizzie reacted like I hate to break this conversation short but we need to start the spell now I think that they just like didn't go into that um red flag too much I think yeah like, what what are your thoughts Brie I feel like it's really weird because you know in regular like real life relationships non-magical <laughs> supernatural relationships like, you see that happen, like, all the time. Like, a girl will go through a boy's phone or will hack into his Facebook and read his uh, IMs or something. You know, like, th- there's been that concept of having, like, not really having trust or, you know, um, getting into people's secrets. Like, we've seen that before. It's just, you know, this concept Applied is Applied on Supernatural, yeah. Yeah, because this is about Josie dying in a few years. It's not about who she used to date or if she's talking to somebody on Tinder. Yeah. It's not. It's it, it's not about that. It's about the fact that she's going to have to do. It's it's a really. It, it's a it's a confusing topic. It, it's it's and I would understand why Josie wouldn't want to talk about it. I, I I understand that more than anything. I think I I. I almost wish that they would hype up the concept of that merge more. I don't know how, but the the looming possibility that either she will die or she will have to murder her sister and live with in a that. few short years and live with that in like five years time is something that I feel like should be more shown in their characters or and I, like I said I don't know how I don't even know where I would start as a writer so I'm not like shaming the writers for ignoring it because it is something that is very serious but at the same time it's so far away it's like when do you start making it a big deal when do you start you mm-hmm. know um I almost wish that they didn't reveal it to them in season one I almost wish it was oh. another secret that they had kept for a longer period of time Ooh. so like I, I don't know why I just make it I something that like Kai thrown secret- at them and they're like what the fuck yeah, do you mean just, is he just I, saying that because he's Kai and then Alaric is like has yeah. to shut them down like no he's telling the truth I saw it with my own eyes yeah and you're like oh yeah I feel like I feel like that it just it could have been a bigger bomb than it was 
And I, I feel like with Finch asking around and stuff, it's it just it gave me Penelope vibes because that's exactly yeah. what Penelope did. Penelope was putting her nose where it didn't belong <laughs> and found out something that she shouldn't have and started acting on Josie's behalf without her knowing and with it, without her knowing and without her consent. And and I just. You know, Finch didn't find out the whole thing. She just found out that she was a Gemini, which she didn't find out about the merge. So, yeah, but it does just give me those same vibes of like, that wasn't your business. Right. You know, I think and and, and, and that's all that it was, it was just more like if this is this is something bigger than just teen drama. This is something that Josie will have to go through and live with or not live with. Mm-hmm. And it's something that I feel feel like it should have been a bigger conversation the fact that they kind of cut it off I was pissed at I was like whatever it's another legacies moment where I'm like they cut the scene the scene too short or they didn't show it at Mm -hmm. all and it's like no that's a conversation we need to see that's something like she's telling her current girlfriend that she might die and there's nothing she can do about it and you're telling me we don't get to see the scene at all like at all <laughs> I think well, it's more I think it's more puzzling on how they have like Lizzie is a very I really enjoy Lizzie's um like humor this episode I think she was very mm-hmm. like oh you just know, knew her for three weeks um are you guys even serious like she's speaking these thoughts that the audience shares she's an audience surrogate in that way and then it's like they, when they're doing the compatibility quiz from like a tabloid, <laughs> like a paper, like oh oh uh, okay, a magazine tabloid, you can pick that up at Walmart, whatever. I thought that was funny their method there, but um. So, anyways, like I thought it was very like, I don't know. I just think it's like silly to have Lizzie point out these very valid like concerns because that's her sister. Um, but it's almost like they're playing it off that Lizzie was overreacting because they show when they're like, oh, jinx, double jinx, haha. Got you. We said the same thing at the same time. That's so funny. We're so compatible. And then Lizzie's like, it, it's it's like the camera is showing that she is a, is ma- has made a mistake or a poor judgment that maybe, in fact, Josie and right. Finch are compatible. And then it's like dismissing all of Lizzie's very valid, like, you guys just met. Don't be head over heels like just... Anna and... Um, Kristoff, I don't know. No, what was that in Frozen? <laughs> what was his name? The, Hans. Hans and Anna. Like, it was like that, you know, like Elsa being like, that was too soon. Are you sure about that? You know, <laughs> I can't believe yeah. Frozen did a better job. I, I definitely felt like with Lizzie, I get confused because they, they, they flip back and forth with her. It's like sometimes she's too much of an audience surrogate. Because when they decide to actually write her as the character she's meant to be, then she acts differently. Like you think about if you think about it, a few episodes ago she was interrogating Finch and trying to figure out her trauma and who she was just to be with Josie. Like she was taking it very yeah, seriously. Yeah, yeah, that, that's very. And she was the one, and she was the one that was pushing Josie to go and like you know give her a chance lizzie was doing all that and then to come back and be like you guys aren't serious it's like mm. well what is it mm-hmm. which one is it what, what, what? And, and so it's, it gets really confusing to me because they don't really know where to make lizzie stand and yeah. sometimes you can tell like sometimes they just want to make her say a quip 
or something sarcastic for the sake of saying something sarcastic, which I'm fine with, but it's like, okay, where does she stand? Because a few episodes ago, she was taking this relationship seriously as something that Josie did really want. And now, she, and then I didn't mind the little line. I thought it was kind of funny. I thought it was like, yeah, how long have they been dating? Huh? I'm curious myself. <laughs> I, I did this. And, and then, but at the same time, it's like, sh- you can't say it's not like you're serious when you straight up kidnapped a girl mm-hmm. <laughs> and it made her relive her most traumatic memory. I think and, like, and all this other- she was trying to set you, you, up like their fast burn, but it also doesn't make sense. Cause she's like, why are you guys a fast burn? <laughs> it's like, wait, what? <laughs> right. Like- it's like, it's, it, she, she came to the school and gave Josie a full lesson. We're we're digressing, mm-hmm. but like Josh, um, I just ew. yeah, Josh. I didn't mind their scene. Their scenes were just like okay. It was it really was like, just it okay, like it, okay. It was just it was just there. I'm just trying to get to the point. I think that's right. all. I'm trying to understand: is the point of the relationship to teach a lesson, or is it just like a placeholder, or, or is it going to be something serious? I need I need it to become more evident because I'm starting to get a little bit confused as to whether or not I should be like okay they're going to be here for a while or is this something that's going to end soon I don't know they kind of go back and forth like they really flip-flopped with like will they or will they not get together and all that shit for the longest time and we'll have to see how Finch we'll have to see how Finch responds to the merge and how she'll go about supporting her you know Penelope's thing was that she wanted to tear down Josie so that Josie could win that was that was Penelope's whole thing. She was so Josie focused that she didn't realize that attacking the one person Josie you're was losing thing right. the best thing. Yeah, you're losing Josie. Yeah, exactly. That way. So I guess it just depends how Finch reacts. You know, I feel like it's interesting because hopes hopes whole goal will be a way to figure out a way to save them both. But I feel like somebody who's not as connected to Lizzie, like Finch or Penelope, would probably be their only goal is to save Josie. So. With the way that Finch is, um, if Finch and Lizzie don't, like, have time to, I don't know, respect each other or anything, and obviously that that after Lizzie kidnapped Finch and everything and did all that, I don't see them doing that immediately. Maybe if they wanted to take John seriously, that would be theoretically their next plan to have Finch and Lizzie connect, but they're not doing that. Instead, what they're doing is Hope and Lizzie are getting close where Hope, like 100% would never sacrifice like, you know, Josie's Josie's family to save Josie. Like Hope would find a way to save everyone because she is motivated by you know because these people love her she loves them she's going to save them so i think Mm -hmm. like you know we're we're like they're putting jaunch in front of us but under the surface they're really building what's necessary for uh hosie to work and for hosie to work they need to make sure that like her anybody who is is going to love Josie also understands that you're not hurting like the people that Josie loves so you know by building hope and Lizzie's friendship up they're building up like an easier way to bring in Hosey because as soon as yeah because as soon as like Hosey like really overtly shows you know attractions Lizzie would be supportive because hope and Lizzie have already bonded like it's a lot easier to get into that group and they have that that's what's so frustrating 
about Hosey and we've been talking for a long time so let me yeah. just say this say this last like little thought but I, I wanted to say I feel like the thing that's the most frustrating about watching Hope and Josie and these other relationships is knowing that together their life would be so peaceful <laughs> <laughs> like so peaceful like Josie would not have to do half the stuff that she does and if she does do it it's out of the kindness of our heart not because she feels like she has to and 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 hope would be able to chill out she wouldn't be always on 10 yeah on edge like and always having to worry about protect like i would feel like like the one thing hope would have to worry about is the merge but it's like i don't want to say it's not as important but it does happen five years away so it's like it's a little bit different than monsters constantly coming and attacking and trying to steal your boyfriend away. It's this is like fighting time. I just feel like, yeah, it's it's and it's something so poetic about both of them having like these death wishes almost, but they're both trying. They to both want to find like a long lasting love that appreciates them. Yeah, like right. I just I want them both to just get the happiness that they deserve because they're they're always going through it. Even when they're with somebody and they're supposed to be happy, they're constantly stressing themselves out. But yeah, we we've we've gone a lot about yeah. everything beyond this episode. We talked a lot about Dark Josie, Malavandan, uh. MG, Hope, Cleo, Malivore, and of course, Hosey. But yeah, stay tuned for next week where we talk more about probably Hosey, but also what is Malivore's objectives? What is his plan? We'll see you guys next week then. Bye. Bye. More to come next week on our next episode of The Hosey Show. You can stream the latest episode of Legacies on the CW app right now. Make sure you're subscribed wherever you get your audio. And for the latest news and updates, you can find us on Twitter at The Hosey Show.